Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 26, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the first thing we're going to do is take a look at the big picture. We take a look at the daily chart, what's jumping off the page. We're going to reintroduce an assessment of some of the things that are on the docket this week, such as a whole host of earnings tonight, tomorrow, throughout the week. Thursday, we have the GDP guess operation. And also, we had today, beginning the first day of the two-day Fed meeting, also known as Kabuki Theater. So it will culminate at 2 p.m. tomorrow with an interest rate announcement. The market is expecting three-quarters of a point hike in interest rates. If it gets more or less, it could have an impact in the upward or downward direction of the market. But the market's going to move either way. It's going to move on some of these earnings. It's going to move after the Fed. We get that up-and-down whipsaw-type action then they generally will pick a direction and go. There's an announcement at 2 p.m. and then a press conference about a half an hour later where Jerome Powell will give his thoughts and answer some questions. So the market will move tomorrow afternoon following the announcement. Up until then, in the morning, we'll have the morning rush hour with the earnings stuff. The market will probably go to sleep for a while. We'll be, quote-unquote, waiting on the Fed, and then they'll get going in the mid-afternoon. That's kind of on the docket for the remainder of the week. Thursday morning, whether it be as an accelerant to whatever happened in the Fed meeting or as a result of the Fed meeting, either way, or a reversal, either way, the GDP number will have an impact on the market. So we have a busy week on deck. The second half of the week should be rather wild. Let's get back to the chart and see what's jumping off the page, if anything, on the daily chart of the S&P. So the other day, in an on-time type of situation, the market found a top, not at my preferred number, but it found a top, and we're going through what's known as a pullback operation. They settled today right around the 50-period moving average, no great shakes. This is, for now, a pullback operation. Let's give both sides of the coin, right? We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We have a low, we have a higher low. Now we have potentially, and we don't know where this is going to come in, we'll pick a number and say higher low over here. Why did I pick that area? Because that area around 385 and change would be one heck of a buy if, and it's a big if, if the market was down there within the next day or so. After that, it depends on how the market got there. Sooner than later, it may represent one heck of a buying opportunity. Put that on a sticky note. And by the way, we have to emphasize May because around the Kabuki Theater announcement, the Fed announcement, FOMC, when the market gets going and she starts whipping around, she can move a lot of points in a short period of time. That becomes a real-time type of decision, quote, unquote. Let's talk about a couple of other reasons why the market might find support if it was down there sooner or later around that 385 neighborhood. A, it's a garden variety retracement. It's a 382 retracement 
from the recent low all the way down here below 365 to the recent high made up here 400.18. What else you got? Well, you got a breakup candle low, 385.39. Then you have a 20 period moving average. So you have three, four, five reasons why the market would find garden variety from a minimum basis of intraday support, probably above or right around, maybe even a spike of 385. Put it on a sticky note. You look at a 240 chart, 384.82, just underneath 385, happens to be the 50 period moving average on the 240 chart. Now, we don't know that the market's going to get down there. What we're saying is, if we find the market down there in the next couple of days, I'm starting to compile a list of reasons why it's an area we should see a bounce back in the other direction. This is the whole concept. Now we flip over to the 120-minute chart. Down in that same neighborhood, 384.83, what do we find? We find the 100-period moving average on the 120 chart. We also have a gap down below. This happens to be 382.70, so that's the safety net on a spike of 385 for argument's sake. But when you take a look at this is the window to the gap, the low is the same 385.39 we cited before the breakup candle low. The market is generally speaking going to find support either at slightly above or with a spike of that spot from a minimum of an intraday perspective. Is there a backup number, but backup in the reverse sense of the term? Is there a number above the market could find support, reverse back in the other direction? What would be the number if they're not going to reach 385, give or take? What's the next number above that they could test, reverse off of? And write this down on a sticky, 387. It's a give or take. The actual number is slightly above that but we'll use 387 for rounding purposes. Keep in mind, we're getting into a period of time over the next 24, 48 hours or so where it's an anything-goes scenario. Kabuki theater, the GDP guessing game, the changing of the terminology of recession that's been ripping through the media. It's almost like Kabuki theater squared. They're trying to say that not really is two quarters of growth or negative growth equal a recession anymore. Now we're going to change the terminology or we're going to change the reasons why there may or may not be a recession. We'll let you know. I don't know what that tells you, but what that tells me is that the government officials that started that campaign have already seen the number. They know what's coming. They're trying to soften the blow. They're trying to get out in front of the news. So let's just call it what it is. The market's smart enough, if I'm right, and I don't know that I am, but if that is correct, the market's smart enough to sniff that out. So we're going to say that could be, quote-unquote, baked in the cake. But we still have Kabuki Theater anyway, so the market could be up a lot or down a lot, even by the time we get to GDP at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. What's going on inside the numbers today? What we're going to do is take a look at the commentary. We're going to point out a couple of bona fide trade opportunities from an S&P perspective. 
We'll circle back to stocks on the move. What I urge you to do as I highlight a couple of important things is pause the video, read the notes, take the data in, go back to the charts, and double check the work. This is an open book situation. It's turnaround Tuesday, but it really wasn't, and the day before Kabuki Theater, a bit of red on the page as they're in the midst of a pre-market pullback operation. Once the bell rings and they start waiting on the Fed, we can expect some back and forth type behavior. Now they did melt away most of the day, but at the end of the day, it was really quiet, the volume was light, and even though we had a melt away situation, it was very difficult to be short the market with the volume or lack of participation, I should say, from an institutional perspective, it was nowhere to be found. I don't like creeping markets. Anyway, let's get to the numbers. 394 and a quarter is the early pivot that can hold the tape from going for the unfinished business down at 392.60. So they got below 394.25 after this post was made. Keep in mind, this post comes out right around zero dark 30. Now, here's where it gets interesting, so pay attention. They can spike it, but if they start getting much below 391.85, the door begins to widen for another leg lower. On the other hand, we had some northern stuff that we didn't need, so we won't go over it and waste our time. Let's see what else we have as the day starts to mature a little bit. A little after 9 o'clock, still before the open, we'll let them get the thing open and running before the storyline emerges. However, from the latest price action in the pre-market, it appears the unfinished business is likely on the table. We don't know for sure. It's in the spirit of being prepared. And if they're trading lower, 391.85 is the big spot we would expect a bull bear battle if reached. It's the last line of defense before another leg down. Above 394 and a quarter, the lower stuff is on hold. Here's a picture. Let's get our faculties with a visual. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 392.60 is the top horizontal line. 391.85 is the bottom one. There's a method to the madness. What you'll find later in the notes is we were prepared if a trader so wanted to do it to buy 392 down to 391.85. That's 392.60 down to 391.85. They basically came in the middle, they bounced away, they did it twice, and they gave about 10 S&P handles off the bounce. Now the reason I put up 391.85 on the board is because you can see what happened later in the day. It's an important spot. It was a breakup candle low. They rallied back to try and recapture it and then failed at the end of the day. That's confirmation that we know it's an important spot. Let's keep going. Let's see what else we have. We had to repost the stocks on the move who's having a problem with the feed that comes from Google Sheets over to the website. I don't understand how any of that stuff works. Now it's working. Let's keep going. 921. Can you buy 392.60? The answer is this. They can bounce right on it. They can run a little bit lower to 391.85, give or take. Getting below 391.85 on the first run for long and by much, would be in the 20% category of the 80-20 rule. That's if they're hitting it in a straight shot. They're just not going to blow through and keep going 391.85, meaning there should be a bounce back in the other direction from within that zone, if reached sooner than later. Later isn't the same as within the morning rush. 
closing candles below 391.85, and it begins to look wrong. That was at 921 before the opening bell. Back to the chart. There's your bounce from a spike of 392.60 on the first run. They never went to 391.85. They just gave you the deal. When they came back down later on, it's not the same down at the 391.85. It already gave you the trade. And we're moving along. 9.30, nice trade on Amazon. We'll circle back to that later. Amazon is the gift that keeps on giving. Why do I say that? Lazy swing traders know why I say that. We had three exits in Amazon. We top-ticked it. Now they've collapsed back down. Pretty amazing. Then we take it on the long side in a day trade. By 9.35, what are they doing? They're coming into showtime area. 392.60 down to 391.85 is still the buy zone. The other side is if they rescue the tape before hitting the downside objective, the target would be 394.25. So just in case they flip them around. Roku, we'll circle back to that later. They started creeping lower, and here we go again. 9.48, showtime for the Bulls to play defense. By 9.49, traders who took the long trade should book a profit along the way. It's a scalp with some potential. 3.9320, give or take, is resistance. And a minute or two later, there you have it. They just shot up. Turn it into a risk-free, motionless trade. Nice trade. I'm off the hook. You're back on the hook. You have to make a decision on final exits. Now, here's a word on this 394 and a quarter. They should have worked their way back to that spot at some point during the day. Well, instead, they totally went the other way. But from the morning trade perspective, not being able to get back up there. We'll go to the chart. After they bounced, when they just failed and came back down, that was an indicator, if you will. By not being able to get to that spot, at least told me that the market was weaker than if they did get to that spot, they had a chance to get back over it, run a rescue operation, the whole nine yards. By not being able to run a test of it at a bare minimum, that's a weak tape. Just a little inside my head. Let's see what else we have. Chop shop formation, yada, yada, yada. They start to come back down. 1023, is there another buy on the table? Sure, around 390.50, give or take. Now, let's just stay with our faculties for a moment. This is at 10.23. The next buy is at 3.90.50. And here you go. By 11.55, what do they do? They came into 3.90.50. They spent some time down there running some tests. They bounced back in the other direction. Now, here's the other side of that. Can you short the tape to get there? No, at least this is the way I look at it, in my opinion, because we don't know that they will get there. But if they do get there, the odds shift to a bull bear battle, which you saw on the chart, and a bounce back in the other direction. This was, I don't know, an hour and a half before they got there? Just saying. We're moving along. Remember this from before? 391.85. Remember they bounced before that at the first number, the 392.60. So 1027, I know what you're thinking. Isn't 391.85 going to produce a bull bear battle also? This is on their way down when I'm already talking about, have already talked about 390.50. Likely, yes, but they already had a nice bounce at the unfinished business place. So from a trading perspective, you want to take the highest probability thing. And 391.85 is no longer it. And guess what? They didn't bounce there, so that was the right move. Just saying, 1027. Apples? How do you like them apples? Hashtag reading the tape. From this point forward, 
read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. The market was very slow. You can read the rest of the tour gut information. I think I showed you the two or three or four most important things that were put in the notes today from both a pre-market perspective and also a post-opening market perspective. If you're interested to trade in or already are trading in the S&P or one of the like vehicles that tracks the S&P, then this is your tour guide information. You have to know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you stand no chance. This is a big boy pants type of market. Let's check out the list of stocks on the move today. We'll look at the ones that hit their price objectives. We're not going to look at the ones that didn't. We had a big fall in a lot of retailers today, so there were a lot of retailers on the board. When that happens, what I do is I pick numbers that are the premium numbers. A lot of them aren't going to hit. Some of them will. The intention wasn't for us to have seven or eight stocks on the move hitting today. The intention is for some of them to hit, but the numbers are premium to the point where if they all hit, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. They're all going to bounce at their premium spots. We're taking a look at Dollar Tree, Amazon, and Roku. Now, Dollar Tree doesn't count because after the haircut at the open, it basically dripped into the number, came up short here, bounced away, dripped into it later in the day. Nobody's taking the trade with time running out on the clock. It's all about not only the number, but the manner in which they come into the number. That makes a difference whether or not we take the trade. The takeaway here is the number was the number, the numbers work, but they creeped into it, they dripped into it. It's not our cup of tea. However, Amazon was our cup of tea. 115.70 was on the board at zero dark 30. They came into it, spiked it just by a few pennies, ripped it back in the other direction. 118.15 minutes later, nice trade. Jordan got it in the room. Many traders in the room got it. Many traders from an inside the numbers perspective got it. A lot of traders got this trade. We had the long side trade trading it up. They collapsed back down after we top ticked it. Now we got a day trade on it today. We won't overstay our welcome, but we do recognize this is the gift that gave a few times already. Roku getting a buzz cut at the open. They came into the number. They floundered around for a while. They gave the minimum required base hit, came back to run a test of the number, did another base hit, kind of hung out around the number, and then had another base hit at the end of the day. So they went three for three on the day. It's a pretty solid afternoon. The takeaway, the numbers work, and base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. Pretty great day from an inside-the-numbers perspective. Before we talk about Camp IWM, I have a question. It's a legit question. On a day like today where the market's down, they're dripping, it's light volume, you've got some stocks getting hit, how many traders out there are actually profitable, making money, have the numbers, looking forward to the opportunity because the stocks were getting hit? This is our kind of tape, Camp IWM. So what are they doing? Let's just call it what it is from a visual perspective. They're eating time off the clock after rallying and finding overhead resistance. They're above the 50 and 20 period moving average, below the 100, they're in between. They're either gonna drop into the ones below or they're gonna rally into the one above. There's a lot of stuff in between both things, 
but from a visual and big picture perspective, that's it. 183.25 is the top end of the current range. 178 and change is the bottom end of the current range. Why is that? These pivot highs, and we talked about that using the S&P, the market has come back to run tests of those pivots. That's normal garden variety activity. And there's the top end of your range, break below one and they come down further, break above one and they go up further. Since I just mentioned it, this is what we're talking about. You're running tests of these pivots here, this pivot here. Once they start getting below and closing below that stuff, it opens the door for the lower stuff we talked about when we did the SPY earlier in the video. That's what's going on. Looking at another big picture perspective, this is a wedge pattern trading up into but coming short of the 20 period moving average. Now, we don't know whether they're going to be able to get more toward the top of this breakdown candle. The high is 190.94, 189, 190, 191, something like that. Are they going to be able to get up there or is this wedge pattern just going to create another leg to the downside? maybe even coming up short of the 20 period moving average, that would be certainly a sign of weakness. If they started to fall, they started getting below the 200 week moving average, not being able to reach the 20, that would be a problem for the bulls. That would bring into view the lows, 162.78, and all of a sudden we're back inviting Irene over to dinner. Who's Irene for the new folks around here? Irene is when the market breaks a certain level. What we say is, good night, Irene. So I'm using Irene, bringing her back into the picture. It's usually a good joke, if you will, or a good scenario that we were discussing when you can bring it up a long time after the fact, and it still rings a bell and people smile. Good night, Irene. Meaning, get below the recent low here in the IWM, and they're looking at 150 likely in short order. And that's a minimum objective. What about the Q people? Well, they were into their breakdown box. Remember, let's refresh our memories. We talked about this a number of times. We want to just refresh our memory about the breakdown box and where price was the other day, which is essentially overhead resistance. They came into the breakdown area and now they're pulling back. Now, we don't know whether we're going to see this scenario where they continue to put in higher lows. Why isn't that possible? It is still possible. The wild card situation is once again Kabuki Theater. They can move them a lot of points in a hurry. We don't know whether it was a sell them as a rumor event, buy them on the news type of situation. We're just going to have to wait and find out tomorrow afternoon, and act or react accordingly to what Mrs. Market is doing. What happened with the folks down at the transportation department today? Well, they got walloped, smoked, bludgeoned. In the big scheme of things, they're creeping down toward at least the middle portion, but if they get closer to the bottom and this 20-period moving average, they'll be running a test of the most recent breakup candle in the sequence. Whether it be the low or just below that as the gap, that general area will be a garden variety area of support. Financials. Eyes close on the financials. Remember, this was the weak index. They ran a test of this area, 
but they were never able to even make an attempt to get to the gap, and they're rolling over. We do not have a series of lower highs. We don't have anything that remotely looks like the other markets in the XLF. So we have to be aware, obviously, the financials are going to move on the Kabuki Theater announcement. So there's nothing you can do ahead of time. But I'm watching this. This is saying weakness. If they spike up and fill the gap, then we have one situation. But right now, the financials, Mrs. Financial, is telling us weakness. It's a signal. It's like a canary in the coal mine. It's not my favorite canary in the coal mine, but it is a canary in the coal mine of sorts. Smash Mouth, the SMH, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Indice Proxy. Looks like most of the other markets. You've got the higher low situation going. We don't know exactly where that's going to come in. A good candidate would be around that spot where I put that line. Same scenario. Kabuki Theater takes all this stuff, puts it on hold for a few hours while they whip the market around and then pick a direction and go. Our advantage is we know where the numbers are, where the lines in the sand are. We know where the bulls are going to hop on board. We know where the bears are going to hop on board. Not every time, the majority of the time. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.